Yeah, recording. Okay, shall we start? I think yeah. yes, a few people better start. In the name of the Father and the Son and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Our Father, as we gather here in your name, Lord, we thank you for your presence in our life. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us and teaching us every day. Thank you for the relationship that we're developing with you and knowing you better and and growing with you. And for you, thank you for you for filling us with wisdom and knowledge and for guiding us in the right path. Jesus, as we gather here, we, you have always said that when two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. But I believe that you are present here in our midst. Help us to understand your word and to anoint Joe to speak to us and make our hearts understand and learn more and more about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Anyone remember what we discussed last week? Faith. Faith, yes. Anything more? Like so about faith, about, uh, I mean, you told about that one scripture, which I had written it down. This Hebrews, one I didn't, I didn't do. Joy. Hebrews 1, chapter 11. Uh, or Hebrews chapter 1, verses 11. Chapter 11, 11 verses 1. 11. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Other way around. That's the definition of faith. <clears throat> so I would say the most important thing in the spiritual realm right now, and after Holy Spirit, is faith. For any Christian to live in a way God wants him to live, or a victorious spiritual life, the most important thing, obviously, is Holy Spirit. The second important thing I would say is faith. And these two, if we understand it in, in depth, we will be able to fulfill the desires of our father. So one of the feedback I got from uh, this, this group when we were, we were asked to sit with the Holy Spirit for a while. One of the feedback I got is there is always this guilt coming into the mind when we sit with the Holy Spirit. We are not able to... The first thought which comes into our mind is we are not worthy. All the sins we have done, it will come up to our mind. I don't know how many of you do you have the same kind of experience too? Right? Every time when we approach God, the first thing which comes into our mind is our unworthiness. And exactly the same feeling came to Adam and Eve the moment they ate the tree of from the from the tree of knowledge and knowledge and wisdom, all that, right? They were ashamed, right? They ran away, they they were hidden from they were trying to hide from God. Nobody can hide from God, but their mentality was to go away from God because they feel like they are not worthy enough. They felt shameful. So today we, we want to, or I want to discuss a little bit more about that feeling, the guilt or sin itself and faith. So faith we understood from Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's about, first of all, we need to know that there are things which we cannot see. There are unseen things. Uh, there are unseen things that are what are the unseen things we know about? We were we were going through all the sessions for a long time. So can you give me some examples? What unseen things or unseen beings do we know about? Let's list it out. Because faith is depending on how much you know about the unseen. First of all, you need to know whether to believe it or not is the second thing, right? First of all, you need to know that there are certain things. What do you know? The guardian angels. Okay, let me write it much chat. Guardian angels. What else? Satan also, no? The spirits, the evil Fallen spirit. angels. Fallen angels. What else? If, um, if, if you cannot unmute, please chat. That's fine too. 
seen, not unseen. Everything is there, right? Including the God itself. Yeah, so God. everything, let's just sit out. Yeah, including God. God. Including when we say God, who all are unseen? Like, the Holy Father. Spirit. Father. The Father. Father. The Even the Son yeah. now, right? Yeah. We know the Son, yes. We know the Son, yeah. But the Holy so Spirit is still unseen. The Holy Spirit Himself. The Holy Spirit. That's the yeah. that we can't. So all three persons of God are unseen. We talked about fallen angels, guardian angels. What else is there? Even you can see the visible persons, right? Yeah, so we visible persons. Yeah. Can speak. Are you referring to the saints? No, not the saints. They lived and gone. But right there. now, from our perspective, when I sit, there, when I sit here, what are the unseen things? Ah, the world, right? Only the oxygen, the air. <laughs> no, 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 not physical, spiritual things. <laughs> spiritual realm. It's just spiritual what... realm. Okay. Did you say spiritual realm? Even yeah. Yeah, even... where the fight is taking place is actually we, it's in our mind, but we cannot see it. It's what right. Spiritual realm. What about resurrection? Resurrection. Is a fact. It's part of our faith. Okay, let me say. Let me rephrase it to. Let's say benefits of resurrection of Christ. So, what are the benefits of resurrection of Christ? I mean, all the passion. I would say, let's say the whole passion. Whatever he went through, we can. We have unseen authority, right? Authority, we have, we don't see it. What else do we have? The precious blood of Jesus. What's that? The precious blood of Jesus. Power of blood of Jesus. God's protection equivalent to blood of Jesus. Yeah. Yes, God's protection is right. Because protection is not, is, yeah, that's some, okay. Oh, let me also say, mm, what else? Saints, spiritual realm, saints, kingdom of God, can you see it? No, this no, what no. I said. Heaven, heavens and uh, even the heaven, the hell, heavens, kingdom, kingdom of, of God. God. When we say heavens, it becomes more like a physical place where we live. But based on what we learned, right? Kingdom of God. It's a real kingdom where <laughs> rules are yeah, there, yeah. rights are there, authority, the king, all that is there. And there is also the kingdom of darkness. So these are the unseen things. Which, and there are more if you go dig. I mean, we should do this exercise sometimes in our mind, right? And otherwise, we will be just like, oh, I have faith. But we don't know what we... we what real faith looks like. So do we really know about all the stuff? We are trying to learn, right? That's why we need to have this kind of session. That's why we need to go back to Bible. Um, we should have the wisdom. We should have talked to uh, Holy Spirit, understand the spiritual things, to know, to have that understanding that what is there and unseen. By the blessing of God, we have covered a lot of stuff and we guys were able to answer all the stuff. So we know that these things exist. Now the second part, what's the second part of the faith definition? Can you read oh. that again? Hebrews 11, 1. Now More faith is assurance yeah. of things hoped for. And the assurance conviction of things hoped for. And the conviction of things not seen. Convictions of things not seen. Is it, does it say knowledge of things not seen? No. no it says conviction, right? What's the yeah. difference between conviction and knowledge? Conviction means the testimony yes. that you give. I mean, belief, the, the reality. Conviction is certain. Yeah. The certainty. Okay, that's a better definition, right? We are certain about it. It's not just, I know. I'm very certain about that. Like you are 
you are having 100% understanding and nothing can change your conviction right nobody can change my mind i won't be doubting anything if i see something different because i'm convinced for example i am very convinced that jesus christ exists and he is real okay that conviction came to me not because i read from somewhere not because some preacher laid hands on me or based on any retreats i attended that conviction i knew jesus before okay i was always i was born catholic so i always heard about him i know about jesus when though i didn't read bible or nothing much about that i knew jesus existed he is god that knowledge didn't help me that was never a conviction that became a conviction when i had a spiritual experience when i was 24 years old so until 24 years that knowledge was there the bible was there the retreats were happening i was going to church every day but none of these things had any effect on the way i was living my life it was in my head knowledge because when a conviction happens when you are con- we're very certain about certain things that will have an impact on your life let's say okay let's say we all know about diabetics right we always say that cholesterol is bad if you are getting diabetic is bad i know this knowledge about diabetics from early childhood because my dad had diabetes but that became a conviction when when i became like 35 40 years old i did became a conviction that my i became pre diabetic and then i started thinking about this this is going to really impact my life if i don't take care of it so that became a very conviction that knowledge became a conviction i stopped eating sugar see that conviction produced a fruit that conviction produced something a different a change in that that knowledge produced a change that's what conviction is so if we read through all the stuff we chatted the knowledge of guardian angels did it change anything in your life if it hasn't changed anything you are not having conviction about that no your faith in that area is very weak we may keep talking about guardian angels but what did it change that knowledge should have produced a change if you are very convinced you are convinced that guardian angel exists that while you are sitting in the swoon meeting you have a mighty angelic being right next to you who is equivalent to one of the fallen angels but with, without before all the glory they had before being fallen that kind of angel is so mighty in power he is sitting right next to you every day when you wake up he is sitting next to your bed every when every time when you are driving he is there what difference did it make in your life what when was the last time you talked to him have you explored more about guardian angels have you explored more about what, what why do i have a guardian angel what's this, what's the point of it we never asked that question right if we are not asking it then that's just a mere knowledge it's not that in that area our faith is very weak then so with that analogy with that principle in mind we should go go through all the stuff sometimes we have knowledge of fallen angels and that knowledge is such a conviction right? we are very certain about many i have seen many people who are very certain about the existence of demons and the darkness and they live in that knowledge they have they became fearful if i do a sin oh my god i am under the bondage now because see that conviction that fear came into them fear is faith itself i have explained it before fear you are believing in that sin and fear about future future hasn't happened yet. it's in the it's unseen but you are having so much fear or you are we are convinced that something going wrong in the future that's fear that's faith and you are convinced about unseen that's faith that's the definition of faith according to bible so spiritually if you are convinced about something unseen which is you're very convinced that you are your body is affected the ways which you are 
responding is affected because you are fearful you are having anxiety or your mind is always equipped with this issue what is going to happen to my child in 10 years 5 years what if he or she is not getting married what if they are not going to have kids what if they don't study what if there is so many if 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 things which are going see, see how that knowledge about unseen knowledge about unseen and your conviction about that has changed your life but that's on the negative side that happens a lot in this world and the entire world is trying to bring that kind of conviction to you about unseen future the unseen past which is already gone the only thing which you can see right now is the present today this moment but your mind is always equipped this voice has come to your mind and we are using so they are using the same spiritual principle is what i'm trying to say that if this world if this kingdom of darkness succeed in making you being convinced about some uncertain future or keeping reminding you of the unseen past and trying to put your conviction certainty in that they are able to control it so that's where the world is affecting you but we when we sit we sit with holy spirit every day in the morning these are the things we had to when we know we when we need, we need to build up our faith how do we build up the faith by thinking by thinking because at the end of the day it's all about the neuron and this brain we have learned about right the mind mind is the battlefield mind is where the kingdom of darkness is trying to attack the kingdom of god is trying to penetrate and what is this mind it's about this neurons this brain and we know from advanced science and all that that everything this is brain can be programmed right everybody has different personality based on how they what all they encounter what all they taken from this five senses and it can be reprogrammed as well that's why if you look at bible i would say it's more a mind game not a mind game but it's, a, it's about changing your mind saint paul says by renewal of mind embrace your new reality bible says when you are in christ you became a new creation the old has gone the new has come so this is also unseen our new reality in christ is unseen but by renewal of mind you have to embrace it so how do you bring that unseen to you you have to renew your mind you renew your thinking so every day if you are thinking only about this world and all the issues which may come up or physical things we should change that renewal of our mind is doesn't come from <laughs> supernatural it's my responsibility i should start thinking you should change my mind how do i change my mind not just by thinking if you if you are more into this psychology and all that the only way to renew your mind is not just thinking but also acting on that thing so if you really i may not feel like okay holy spirit is real which is also fine but i know bible says so so i make a choice bible tells me that holy spirit lives in me i have no idea how it is i don't feel like it my mind is not even understanding it but i'm making a choice to believe in bible i'm being dumb i'm putting my intelligence down and i'm saying bible says so and i believe god knows better if god has put that in the bible i'm choosing to believe it and act according to it so two things first first you need to believe it and then act according to it how do i act according to it if i really believe holy spirit is living in me then i should walk like that first of all i need to understand when i walk holy spirit moves when i enter a room holy spirit is in that room because why because he is inside me he is with me i first of all i should understand that god has chosen me in such high regard that he is willing to dwell in me but then that's how it, first you should have thought but the world will tell you look at you you are the temple of holy spirit and how filthy you are keeping this temple he will try to put the guilt on it he is using the other card game so now we need to understand when we are with, sitting with holy spirit or when we are approaching god 
our mentality should change. So this is a first step in the renewal of mind. Or by default, any fallen person, when we are entering the presence of God, or even the, that thought springs up that, okay, let me pray for some time. The first thing the kingdom of darkness brings into your mind is that your unworthiness, you cannot enter. Oh, look at you. Until that moment, nobody was talking about that, right? That self-talk was not running. And the moment we decide to do something about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness immediately comes and try to convict, convince us about that our unworthiness and our sinfulness and all the shame he tries to put on. That's a trick. That's a lie. So let, let's only focus on that part now. Jesus said, when you know the truth, what will happen? Truth will be set free. You'll be set free. So if you only know the lie, what, what's your state? You'll be always bonded. You are enslaved, right? You are in slavery. You are bond in, you are in bondage. So today we need to get out of that bondage. So I would say having a guilty conscience all the time is a bondage. It's a chain kingdom of darkness has put on all the people. Unless and until we are free from it, we will not be able to grow in that area of faith. Let's read from Genesis 4.10. We know Adam and Eve sinned. And after that, what's the biggest sin or the biggest, one of the biggest sin which will come into our mind immediately after Adam and Eve? Cain and Abel, Abel, right? So what did Cain do? Let's read. Genesis 4.10. And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you have cursed ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Right. So what happened? You know, we know, we all know the story, right? Why yeah. did Cain kill Abel? Oh, jealousy of his brother's uh, offerings that God uh, accepted his offerings and not his. He was jealous. He was jealous. He was. So was Cain a really? The came over him. Hmm? The greed, the satanic feeling came. The Satan was filled in him, like Judas is carried. Similar. Adam and Eve sinned, and everything, everyone after that is fallen nature. It's not like Abel was really a great guy or Cain was a really bad guy. They both were in born without the initial nature, right? They, They were both, they had the ability to sin. Both of them had the ability to sin. But why did God accept only Abel's sacrifice? Because he had the faith. He believed in the presence of God. No, he, his first, he was always, his first we thought was... We should go back to the Bible God. and we should not make thought. assumptions, right? We should go back to the Bible and look at what have, what, what they are what the Bible is telling us. He gave the best of offering to God. Is it a God's choice uh, uh, word? Because St. Paul... In Romans, somewhere I was reading the Bible the other day, he was clearly explaining that who are we if we God select all their, like in the Jacob's case, uh, uh, previously, of course, uh, Cain and Abel, as well as a um, uh, place where, I mean, St. Paul's that uh, Romans, uh, I think I was reading and 10, 12 something, it was so meaning and beyond my comprehension. So, puts me thoughts like, uh, whether God has selected certain people, certain things, certain, who are we to question his authority as a potter? He has a right to uh, to have beautiful walls or he has a right to make a cooking pot. And the, those two things has a right to ask the question. I don't know. I mean, uh, my, 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 my comprehension was very weak on that. So my thoughts came back all the way. If you see God he selected Jacob, God selected uh, Joseph, uh, God was uh, favorable to these people, certain people, certain times. So I don't know whether it is my mind. But the line of Jesus came from Judah, That's not okay. from any I of those That's people. Okay. But then uh, I think Brother Joe must be knowing that uh, the Philippines, I mean, sorry, not Philippines, Romans uh, 8 or 9, I can't remember exactly. So... I was I was totally confused, brother. That's what my thoughts when we bought this uh, chapter. So that's what I was thinking that uh, whether 
it's god's wish to whom he has to give something whom he has to bless something he must bring it up something or uh, you know so and we all his creation and there uh, is not only the uh, he selected among the races uh, the uh, israels though he has a uh, he has a uh, he has a uh, what we call created entire world there are many races and all and saint paul they they are mentioned there also he his favorite race he selected them blessed them when they have rejected him and then he has gone and called rest of the races for him to you know call him for himself actually and then they believed him so and the, uh, other races other um, pagans actually were israelites were not believed and then again the question comes saying that then despite of his chosen race where uh, they're going to destroy them completely or they're not going to completely unbelievable then uh, saint paul explains no there's always a remnant of people god selects them puts in their heart so that they will be his race there will be a continuation uh, till the time to um, you know till end of time uh, i mean sorry I, i deviated from my your thought but yeah. then uh, was it true or what yeah so i would say god is sovereign he he is the creator so ultimately the other day i was listening to this podcast where he was telling um this guy was saying my child who is like 3 year old he has a little bit i mean this much he only knows about this much his decisions are already this much when i am 40 year old i can always understand him much better and he will never going to understand me he's never going to understand me how much how much even though he is in my own image and likeness uh, likeness he will only understand me when he becomes a father or he becomes my age he will understand me at this point he cannot so it's the same way that st paul is telling the one who created you one who created the entire world we should not have a relationship with him based on our logical thinking whether i understand what god is doing or not does it make sense to me whether god okay why is jesus doing this why is this god doing that so if our relationship is like many people many young people right now will say explain that to me why how why is god there why didn't god do this they have questions and asked answers right based on the logic and reasoning they want to formulate their faith should i believe it or not but here this guy was explaining we will never be able to understand it because we they, they god our creator lives in a very high realm which we cannot even comprehend our brains are not able to even understand so questioning everything god as why is it god choosing that why is it god choosing this some doesn't have relevance we should not put our faith based on that and i would rather say he is way above than my intellectual level so whatever he is doing he definitely have a plan about it and he knows better and that is a good plan for me because in the bible it's revealed that i have a plan for you and it is for your good so i would rather shut down my intelligence and just go by mere faith that's what was said. so i agree in many things many cases we don't understand what god is doing but that doesn't mean that god is doing way wrongly right we cannot say that god oh god is picking this guy up he god god is god is not an unjust god he he's a just god so everything he does is doing he's doing the for the ultimate good and that we can understand only by faith not by logic so why abel and cain sacrifice whether it was accepted or not was it a choice by god if it was not explained in the bible yeah we should we should agree with that it is up to god why he considered abel's sacrifice better because bible doesn't explain to us and i believe that god did it in a good purpose but if it's in the bible then we have an answer right so in this case the answer is in the bible in this in- even he talks about cain no that he tells him that uh, if you do well you're you're right so you right after the issue right when cain was very sad genesis 4 6 7 that's where we see god himself comes and explains 
It is not like God is angry at Cain. He is not like, okay, he always loved Abel and um, didn't love Cain. It's not the case. Here, in fact, God appears more time to Cain than Abel, right? I think God loved Cain more from the way the Bible is written. Let's read Genesis 4, 6 to 7. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Die is for you, but you must master it. So God comes to Cain and explains, why are you sad? You know, I love you both the same way. Abel or Cain, you both are my beloved ones. I have no partiality between you. But if you were, if you act rightly, even now, if you, the next time when you are sacrificing something to me, if you do the right way, then I will accept it. I have no problems with you. But if you don't, there is this problem. There is this other side of it, the kingdom of darkness or sin. What is it doing? Trying to take control of your life. Right. The kingdom of darkness, the sin is lying, lies in wait at the door. It's waiting at the door. Its urge is for you. You can, yet you can rule over it. So see, it's a choice back to, it's not a choice of God, but it's a choice of who? Cain. 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 So you have both choices. Don't be sad. This time, yeah, I didn't accept the sacrifice. I couldn't accept it because of certain things, which we will understand. What What does it mean to act rightly, right? That's something we will be wondering at this point. That we will answer. But there was something lacking in the sacrifice. He did sacrifice. But Abel sacrificed, Cain sacrificed. They both loved God, right? They both thought that, okay, the sacrifice is necessary. So they both did it. But Abel sacrifice had something in it which made that sacrifice acceptable to God. That was something on the Abel side. He did something special. Or he did the right choice, seems like, because he's saying, now God is telling Cain, Next time you do it rightly, I will accept it. And don't be sad. But remember this. Now that you are being sad and all that, now that you are trying to go away from me, the kingdom, the sin is at the door trying to grab you. The sin is trying to destroy you, but you can always overrule it. He's giving you a choice. He is telling us this is the reality and you can override it. It's a choice you have. But what happens? Next thing we know is, he kills his brothers. All right. And then again, Genesis 4, 10 to 12. Can, read, can you read? So the, again, God comes. The moment he sins, God doesn't say, oh, such a sinful guy. I warned him, didn't listen. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm just going to expel him. That's That would have been a, that would be our reaction. But see what God is telling. God says, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you're cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Right. Is that a curse? No. So what is God saying here? He again comes like a loving father. He comes... What have you done, Cain? I warned you, right? I told you that the sin is lying at the door. And if you agree with it, it's going to destroy you. Now, look at you. You have done the exact thing. What have you done? You killed your brother. And then figuratively, it's, he says, now that you have killed your brother, there is that, that act have an impact on you. I'm not cursing you. But because you did this, your brother is, brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are banned from the ground that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. He's just stating, this is what happened when you did that. The, the place where you did that sin or where, where you had faith in the unseen where you thought killing the Abel is right. There, now you have an agreement with it and that one has power over you. And whatever you try to do on the earth will not be fruitful. You bring, he brought that curse on. He had a choice. 
So every time you do a sinful act, anything out of faith, the kingdom of darkness will have a right to you in that area. In that area. So in, in earth he killed and buried him. Now in that same earth will punish you. How? You no longer will give you this produce. You shall become a constant wanderer on the earth. And did that change Cain? No, right? He became more distressed. Uh, God was just telling him the reality. You did something, now you have this problem. The sin will have a slave. Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. We read that about that, right? Remember that spiritual principle? Whenever you commit yourself to something, the spiritual, that one has a mastery, power over you. If you commit to God, God has power over you. If you commit to Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has power over you. If you commit to a kingdom of darkness, it has power over you. A sin, when you go away, when you act opposite to the kingdom of God, faith, you are putting faith in what? The kingdom of darkness. That kingdom of darkness will have an authority. Power. So God is not reaching, but there are spiritual rules in the kingdom. And when you break the rule, the effect is there. So let's come back to the original question. Why did God accept it? Versus what was rightful act, right? Read Hebrews 11.4. It's the like, firstborn of the flock and the blood. So those are all our logical conclusions. Let's go to Hebrews 11.4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than things. Yeah, it's very plain, right? It's St. Paul, who never even was there in the scene. Nobody else talk about this. I don't see anywhere in the Old Testament why where St. Paul got so Where did St. Paul got this revelation? From Holy Spirit. Right? By faith, Abel produced a better sacrifice. So what was the righteous thing to do? The right thing which Cain failed to do? He didn't do faith. Faith is what? Believing in the unseen. unseen Conviction of unseen. Right? He didn't have the conviction that God existed or he is supposed to be worshipped. He didn't have that. He was maybe doubtful. So when he, but he still went and did it. How many times have we done the same? Are we doing the same thing every Sunday? In the presence of Eucharist, in that altar, in that church, do we have conviction? Do we act like we are convinced? If we are convinced, our action will have that impact on it. When we are distracted, gossiping, thinking about something else, are we? Do you do we feel ourselves that we are convinced about this unseen reality? Like on that altar, the same sacrifice is being reenacted, and all the angels and cherubs and everyone is there, all the saints are in there, and the father, the priest who is doing the mass is uh, is Christ Himself. Do we act like that? These are the things we need to renew. If we are not doing all that, that's because we are not convinced enough. We may have knowledge, maybe we have 10% conviction. So what should we learn from here? It's all about faith. faith. God doesn't like one person or love other person, right? Now, the choice is reversed. In the Old Testament, yes, he picked that Israelites, special group, because he had to start from somewhere. He, didn't, he, he never had a Jesus at that point. But when Jesus came, so only the Israelites believe they, they are the only chosen race, they are the only one going to have eternal life or saved. They will be saved because they are chosen race. But then when Jesus came, what, what, did the, what does the Bible say? Anyone who believes in him, so now whose choice is it? Is God picking people or people picking God? People picking God. People picking the right God. So everybody in the world now have the choice. Old Testament, yes, he was specially appointing people. But in the New Testament, when Jesus came, everything is now ultra, like the worst. Now we have the Lord. Anybody, so there's no excuse anymore. Anybody can get into the kingdom of God, can make himself available and make himself 
the best in the kingdom of god that's up to every person we just need to make them understand that there is this choice and and then there it's there it's more like god talking to cain this is what happened next time have faith be more convinced about the righteous way that there is a need to shut down our mind about the filthy things which we want to do and control it compress it and live according to the spirit so every time god doesn't change whether you are a sinner whether you have committed the most worst sin ever he still love you the same way he loves a saint there's no not even a minute he might be angry maybe because of the fact that kingdom of darkness is stealing his son from him on that aspect not on the sinner he he knows very well to look at a sinner then <clears throat> we fail most of the time we say that that guy is a bad guy this guy is a big or is what do you call what we have this in by default we tie the sin and the sinner together that person together if we see a guy who murdered people people we call him is a killer he is a murderer and we want we don't even want to talk to him. but god doesn't look like that moses was a murderer right even jesus so that's something we need to also renew our mind when we look at ourselves in the mirror we should start seeing our sin separate from ourselves yes we have a problem sin but on the other side we are still 100% loved by god in this verse god said your blood your brother's blood is crying out right that's the reason why the ground is going to work against you and there's no fix for it and that's how you are going to be but now is there a fix for it this again back to bible what is the fix did god fix it like jesus crucified himself on the cross for us and to call that yeah so let's read um hebrews 12:24 hebrews 12:24 and jesus mm-hmm. and the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better word than the blood of evil see god didn't stop if you look at cain as a representative of human being humans God didn't stop at that point. He explained to Cain, because of your deed, now the ground is cursed. It's against you. The, you and, the, and the blood of Abel is still tol- telling me that you, Cain, deserve this punishment. But now, he reversed everything in Jesus Christ. And Hebrews 12.24, same Holy Spirit who wrote Genesis tells us, it is, it's been reversed. Now we have a blood which speaks better the things than the blood of abel the blood of abel will say he is convicted of his sin he deserves to be punished and this is his punishment the ground will never give him any produce he is cursed all that but on the other hand the blood of jesus will counter it now saying yes whatever you said is correct but i have taken that curse i have taken that punishment by my blood i am cleansing all his sins so i'm reversing every effect of sin now the land will produce because i have paid for it already his debt has been paid so we have this conviction this is also an unseen thing so every time when we go to do- go to our father in in the presence of god whether it's in the church whether it's in your private moments in the one hour holy spirit time we should have this faith first of all take a moment to think about all this stuff yes i am a sinner i all the st- thoughts coming into my mind about my past my unworthiness shamefulness everything is right and that's the blood of fable speaking or i would say the kingdom of darkness trying to remind you of the deeds and how you deserve all the curse and punishment which is true by the way but he's telling you the half truth that truth the second part of it hebrews 12:24 all that is being already paid for by the blood of jesus christ 
So by that conviction, so take up that faith into your mind and tell yourself, I am worthy enough. I am worthy enough to walk into the presence of God because of my Lord Jesus Christ. Even after I do the worst thing, I still can walk up to him if I confess. If I confess to blood by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, I am saved. If I make it one quick confession, doesn't matter how much bad it is here. And you go back, you when you enter, when church teaches you this, right? If you have the choice of going to confession, then do that. Or else, confess in your mind. And then the next available time, you should promise that you will go and then enter the presence of God. And you are very welcome. When you walk in there, God will look at you as if you have nothing. You are like the purest being he has ever seen. That's what God looks at me because I am entering through the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. I am being washed when I enter the presence. So I have so much confidence, the conviction that blood of Jesus has taken away every curse, every unworthiness of me. And now I can stand boldly before my God the Father and talk to him as if nothing has done. That's how God is talking, going to talk to him, talk to you. So we should also have the same reality. Now we have a pleasant atmosphere. It's very hard to talk when we are in guilt, right? We feel have a problem. He did something against our brother. Next time when we meet, it's very hard. It's, it's, I would say it will take forever to come into terms with him in our own mind. If we go to God with that kind of mentality, nothing is going to work. So remember, this is the faith. We had to first step of faith. When we enter the presence of God, we are worthy. You are worthy. And he is waiting. He will embrace you. That's why in the prodigal son's case, right? God never asked anything. Why, where, where were you? What did you do with your money? Um, okay, stay there for some more time. Did you understand what you did? Are you, um, are you, are you repenting? No questions asked. He's here and he's my son. He's my daughter. She's my daughter. Welcomed home. That's the only thing. So you have that mentality. The next day, next time, when all those thoughts say, shut up, you are telling me the lie. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to walk into my father's person. He's waiting for the embrace, right? There's no prep up time where the first 15 minutes we try to convince God that you should be able to accept me because I'm telling you all that my, I'm guilty, I'm not worthy, but father, have mercy on me. Don't do that anymore. That is all being taken care. Only thing is you need to have faith in Jesus Christ and have a pure conviction in your mind that you will stay away from the sins, that you will try everything, that you will stop that sinful area. Because God doesn't want us to go into the effects of the sin, not because he hates us, but he hates sin. And that's the only way he, we are being grabbed away, away from him. So he hates that part, but he is willing, he's ready, he's every day he's waiting. Holy Spirit is waiting. We cannot say the excuse that we are busy. If our kids are sick in ICU, will we say that we are busy? Will we say that we have conference? We have conference to attend. We have weddings to attend. We won't. We will cancel everything and we will be at that bedside. How much more important is our Holy Spirit? Right. So these are the convictions. We are not convinced enough that Holy Spirit is important enough, that he lives inside me. If we are convinced we will do everything in our mind to spend that 30 minutes in the morning. So let's change our mind. It's a process. The more you know, the more you try, you will, your mentality is changed. So let's start doing it. And we have accountability partners. So encourage them to do it. Tell, ask them, are you doing it? You be the Holy Spirit's vocal code. You be the Holy Spirit's words to him, right? Or did you do it yesterday? Do I, can I help you? And every day, use your authority for your accountability partner. By the name of Jesus Christ, whatever, today I'm blessing her, blessing him, the blood of Jesus Christ, everything from the kingdom of darkness, all the plans will be shattered against him. We have a responsibility for your accountability partner. He is your brother. He is your sister. She is your sister, right? So take that authority, take that responsibility and start acting out. That will renew our mind. So let's so only if, if at all you take anything from the session, always remember you're always welcomed at the presence of God. Never feel guilty. Never feel guilty. By faith, we can do a better 
communication with Jesus. Right? By faith, next day, when you sacrifice the 30 minutes of your life, that's your sacrifice every day. If you bring that sacrifice in the morning with such a faith that he's going to accept it because I'm worthy enough, he will accept it. He will have no problem accepting. But if you doubt something, if you're doubting, oh, I'm not worthy, it will, it's not going to work out. So be confident. Be confident walking into the presence. It doesn't matter where you are. You can do it in your car. You can do it while you're at, have eating lunch. Anywhere, whenever you are at peace, whenever you have a few minutes, cling to him, go back to him and talk to him. Tell him how wonderful the day is. Don't give him all the questions and all the issues you have, but instead ask him, are you, are you happy? Are you happy about me? Are you happy about what's going on in the spiritual realm? Can I pray something? Is there anything to pray today? Is there something you want me to be praying for the entire world? You want to, how about my accountability partner? Is she doing good? Is he doing good? Can you talk to me about her? Do I need to tell her anything? So that's how it should be. A cordial relationship. And you will listen. You will hear many things from him. So let's build that relationship. Let's close our call today. It's already two minutes over. Sorry about that. Let's close our eyes once more. Father, we are asking you that you remind us about faith, having conviction in the unseen things. When we walk in your presence, bless us, Father. Take away all the guilt we have. Everything which we have done in the past has been washed away by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. And everything in the future, you will make sure that everything go according to your plan. And we are submitting our future to you. We are washing away our past from our mind. You, the present moment, at this moment, we are with you, God. You are with us. Angels are with us. Saints are praying for us. Mother Mary is praying for us. The entire church is praying for our well-being. So we are blessed to have you, Father. We thank you for everything. And we are sealing the blood of Lord Jesus Christ that this class will see the mighty kingdom of God manifestation in their life. We take this in Jesus' authority and we declare that this will happen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask all this. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Thank you, everyone. Have a good Thank day. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.